All right, so hello. I'm Everett. I'm Stan. This is Six Fifths. After Dark. Whoa. Yeah, we're recording this at like 1 a.m., by the way. So great. Yeah, that's okay. I, I was listening to a, another podcast, and she was saying that she recorded her episodes at like, well, at least posted them at like 3 a.m. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. This is the great thing about being, you know, in our early 20s. You just be awake whenever you want. Yeah. Speaking of 20s. So my mom... <laughs> Dear to her heart, she's a great person. She sent me this list. Um, it was a list that got posted on Business Insider about the uh, 15 hard lessons to learn in your 20s. So I looked at this list, and I have, feel like I have mixed feelings about some of this stuff. Um, so I thought it would be an interesting thing to explore. And we'll run through this list. I think you could easily divide this list into four separate clusters, and one of these clusters is we're not just going like in order. One by point. The way. Oh no, no, this is not. This is not in order at all. Um, we'll put the link in the episode uh, description, uh, or like I'll finally make a tab on our website that says show notes and put up some of the other stuff we've said we'd link to but haven't yet. So you can go read the original article. It actually pulls um, some stuff from Quora, which. You know, sometimes I feel mixed about Quora. It's a, it's a question and answer also, thing that yeah. basically only people who are educated and also have links to STEM usually use because of right. co- it costs money mm-hmm. to have like a subscription to it. Um, Wait, it doesn't cost money to have. Does it? I thought it did. No, of course free. I have no? an account. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I remember. Didn't it? Well, whatever. But it's it's definitely not. It's a thing that's much more popular amongst like higher tier schools. Kind yeah, of it's yeah. It, there's a there's like a advertisement thing that they do. Yeah, um, like we go to MIT. I hope you knew that by now. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I got an email like actually a few months ago about uh-huh. that. And they were like, "Yeah, you should make a Quora account because you're from MIT or whatever." And I'm like, right. "How do you know this?" <laughs> Well, they can just like set, they can just pull scrape an entire list of our emails because our server, um, the list, the search engine. My bad, search engine that you use to find students. You that's a public thing that anyone can ah, yes, search students by. By the way, that used to include your exact room. Now it doesn't. Now it doesn't. As because, of like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, as of like a year ago. So yeah. for years, you could yeah. literally look someone's room up just by typing their name into the people directory. Yeah. And. Uh, you would know where they lived. Yes. And, yeah, before, like, um, in the old times, when people still had phones in their rooms, it would give you their phone number also. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's been some security stuff that's been going on on campus, and a bit of it's controversial, but I have to say that I don't disagree with that one, mm-hmm. getting rid of the, the addresses on the... <laughs> that's That was a little concerning, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah, it was a... I mean, MIT is known for being open, but that was a little too open. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we grouped these things into, I believe, four clusters? Four clusters. Yes. And the first cluster... So how are we going to do this? Are we going to read out the little things, or are we just going to ignore them and just say what we I, have to I say? Think, I think for a couple of the points, we'll read off the thing, like maybe just to start off mm. um, and say that this is also a related point in the list. Um, so again, you should just go read this list. Like if you want to follow along, just pull it, pause this, pull it up right now and you'll be able to follow along with what we're saying. Yeah. We'll also post like the little clusterings that we did. So yeah. Yeah. See. We'll, we'll, we'll post all of our notes for this are just the clusterings and we'll post that too. Yes. Yeah. So first up, the world doesn't owe you anything and life sometimes sucks. Yes. You don't know everything. 
yeah, the first the the article starts off with um, number one thing is a hard lesson to learn is that your worldview may be seriously flawed. And it's not really a lesson that you learn, right? Like specific, like you learn the one lesson and then you move on, right? It's sort of like a constant always. Yeah, but I felt like I learned that my worldview was seriously flawed when I was a lot younger than this. Right. Um, but I haven't thought about this before now, but that is highly colored by the fact that I'm a person of color. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you might say that you're in living color. Life in living color. Oh, man, how many people have seen that show now? It's kind of old now. It makes me sad. What what show do you think I'm referring to? Wait, I'm thinking of In Living Color. The, isn't that a show? Oh, yeah. that, I was thinking of the of the song from the Catch Me If You Can musical. Oh, I see. Which I is see. also called Living Color, which was related to that because yes. Catch Me If You Can is a set like much older. Yeah. But anyway, In Living Color was, was a uh, – it was sort of like a – comedy-ish kind of yeah. like talent show uh-huh. yeah talent show you know like a sketch show like saturday right. night live yeah, yeah except you know it was black people largely mm. and it was really good and also focused on black people which was not a thing that you saw back then mm-hmm. um it's actually still kind of weird with regards to black people at least like how recently it was that they had appeared yeah. like very rarely in in anything and now they're much more common than they used to be yeah i mean there's still a problem for lots of other races like asians yeah <laughs> there's, and there's obviously a whole host of problems with this but back to the original point yes. of i felt like that this is a definitely a thing that occurs to you more if you're not a person of color um because when you are then you know a bunch of my friends have told me that you know when they were in like elementary school and stuff their parents sat them down and told them like you know the world is not that awesome you should be aware of the fact that people will judge you for this and this is just like how things are going to be and you're going to have to learn how to deal with that mm. um i am not sure my parents ever explicitly gave me that um, yeah talk. me neither actually um, but it was certainly something that i got through like um like learning about Black history, not from like your yeah. social studies textbook kind of thing. Like yeah. they don't, they don't teach. You, I mean, like, Martin Luther, Martin Luther yeah, King uh-huh. Jr. was Jesus Christ. Black History Month. <laughs> like, <laughs> George Washington Carver was like totes smart guys. Yeah, Black History Month. Right. Like, yeah, it's th- not. But yeah, this is, you, you definitely get more of an education when you're talking to people who have like lived through it literally because that was like what my grandparents. Were yeah, like, although. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, they're still our life. Yeah, I want to emphasize the maybe part of this because maybe, I, yes. I, I I wanted to when I said that it wasn't a lesson that you just learn. It isn't something that just happens to you once and then you put it aside. I think this is what happens to a lot of people. Uh-huh. It's like when they're like you know a teenager getting older, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they have like the first like big shocks of something, right? Where they're like, oh yeah, wow, you know, like for example, if you're like a dude, you're like, wow, mm-hmm. I believe some really stupid shit about how women have it in life, right? Yeah, like. And, you know, that's kind of understandable because you're a dude and you grew up a dude and maybe, you know, when women complained about, like, getting hit on in the side of the street, you're like, I never saw that and, you know, I wouldn't do that. So who would do that, right? Yeah. And then you learn people do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you feel bad about it, right? And then people, you tend to get a big head about it. And you're like, yeah, I'm so much smarter than I used to be. And then you become much more resistant mm-hmm. to actually changing your mind again later. Oh, yeah. And so I feel like uh, it's important to remember that, like, this potential, the potential, like, nature of it, the maybe, mm-hmm. rather than it is, right, seriously flawed. There's always a sort of, like, way you have to suspect yourself. There's there's always a think twice about yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, and you definitely should. And I think that actually goes well with one of the other things we've clustered in here um, is that people will resent you if you're always right, if you always assert the fact that this is a thing that you excellently excellently believe is the case, then that can drive a wedge between you and everybody else. Right. And I, I think yeah. the I think the last the last one, number fifteen, also ties into it, right? Like the idea you'll never have it all sorted out. Yeah. Right? Because uh one of the things that you tend to do, especially when you start to get older, I mean, even as like a teenager I felt this way when I would mm. it's kind of weird because I don't know if those of you listening or Stan, for that matter, uh, have had this experience before, but I, I had a lot of friends when I was like a preteen, mm-hmm. and we would talk a lot on the internet, and I had logs. I still do actually have those logs mm-hmm. um, from when I would talk to people on like Windows Live Messenger and stuff like that, and I remember when I was 15 or 16, looking back at those logs, and I was in uh, middle school and stuff, and we would talk about you know just whatever, yeah. and I looked back at them, and I was like, damn, I was stupid. <laughs> I was really dumb <laughs> yeah. and really annoying, and I probably would hate myself, right, oh, if yeah. I were to meet me four years ago, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, I had this re- little, like, revelation about myself a couple more times before I realized this will just keep happening. Oh, it will. And then you realize, like, my God, I'm doing it right now, <laughs> and I don't even know it. No, this happens to be, like, almost yearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you just look back on stuff you did, and you're like, how could I have believed that or done that? And it's like something you did a month ago. Right. Right? Like, and or it's just... something you did yesterday, <laughs> in some cases. Precisely. <laughs> yeah. And it's, so it's just like, you never have it all sorted out. You're never, like, in this undefeatable position where you will never do anything stupid again, mm-hmm. and you are not currently doing anything stupid. Right. You just won't know. Right. Um, so there are a couple more points here. I think that six is more your deal, Stan. That you're replaceable at work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear about that. I mean, I think that you should recognize that, and this we'll we'll bring this up a little bit in the next lesson too. That not everything you do at work is going to be the best thing ever. Um, but at the but at the same token, you can't accept like mediocrity as the um, as the standard for things. That you mm. actually have to actively keep working at work in, in order in order to stay afloat. And the world like there is no guarantee at all that your superiors will give you benefits of the doubt. Like, there just yeah, isn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, uh, which also um, corresponds to the last point of this cluster, that you're not enti- you're not entitled to anything, mm-hmm. that I feel like, so you, you had some points about this that we talked about before that I want to hear about too, but I think that people who feel like they're entitled will sometimes think they are not replaceable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when they get you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because you, like, work does not love you. Like, that's just not, that's just normally not a thing. Even yeah. in small companies, in startups, you hear all the time about, you know, the the co-founders get into a fight and one of them loses something or, like, one of them wrote them out of the contract and yep. that was that was bad. Like, no, yeah, you're not, just, even if you come up with the idea, like, you, you should still, um, you should be proud of that idea and you should, like, you know, put, not let yourself get taken advantage of. That's one thing. But I think feeling overly entitled to things and feeling like you're invincible just Do because... you know who I am? Yeah, that, right, kind, that kind of, of thing. Yeah. yeah. There are very few people that can get away with doing this. And even they, Kanye West, don't get away with doing this with everybody. Right. So it's just, that said, and you mentioned this, uh, mm-hmm. and that I had things to say about this, I don't really like the, the sort of absolute nature of the thing. You're not entitled to anything. Because, I mean, I, I turn to that, like, uh, sort of in a meta, 
philosophical perspective because mm-hmm. because there's a way of interpreting this to think that like I'm not entitled to anything, nobody else is entitled to anything, so I should just you know take what I want from people. <laughs> And that's a really bad way to interpret this. And some people do use this as a defense to treat other people like dicks. Right. Um, and it is true enough that, like, ultimately, you're not really entitled to anything. But there's a certain uh, basic respect that you have to treat people with. Oh, yeah, of course. And a sort of uh, basic quid pro quo, like, principles aside, mm-hmm. right, that if you don't act towards people in this way, uh, people are going to fuck you over as soon as they get a chance. People remember stuff. Right. right, and you're not entitled to anything, in cosmic terms. Yeah, but if you act like a dick, people will make sure you get what's coming to you. <laughs> sometimes yes, and sometimes no, because I feel like I also interact with a lot of people that will well, openly just be like be a jerk to people, right. and sometimes they'll get away with it. Right, and that's just that's gonna happen too. Right, right. Life ain't fair. I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just the thing is that, like, people will find ways to fuck you over if you're a dick. If they can. Yes. If they if they can, they will do it. Yes. And so sometimes maybe you got to act like a dick to people. It just happens. I sometimes mean, I think, you just... I think that some, some things that come up... Um, I think we might have touched on this a little bit, like, a previous episode, but things that come up a lot in college, um, like, student groups, in leadership aspects, is that there's a fine line between um, being a jerk being a dick to somebody um and being nice um Hmm. well i wouldn't say this i wouldn't say that there's a fine line per se but you can be forceful and tell somebody that they need to do something that this is going to happen or else these consequences are going to be levied on you based on the bylaws and and policies that we set like enforcing those is not being a jerk Right. But people seem to think people really want to at least people here really want to give people like the over nice treatment because they want to overcompensate for the fact that a lot of people, you know, um, a lot of people that end up in a more like introverted places like MIT, they you interact with a lot of these people who will just be like, ah, oh, in your face and that you want I, to screw over and you don't want to be that guy. I think it's also like a kind of sign of the times thing where people mm-hmm. are very individualistic nowadays. Right. Um, there's sort of a sense of, you know, uh, I'm me, fuck the rules, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, I'm a good person and I'm trying to do this, you know, to, you know, make our mutual, like, goals come true. So why mm-hmm. you got to hit me with the book, right? right? But sometimes you got to hit somebody with the book. <laughs> there, there's just really no way around it. Yeah, sometimes you just, sometimes you just don't have time for whatever reason, that's right? True. Yeah. And sometimes you make a mistake and, you you know, you were an asshole. And that's yeah. like, like the end of the world, right? Right. Um, and sometimes the reverse happens to you. That is also true. Right. And sometimes these bad things just happen and you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, the world doesn't like you. There's nothing special about yeah. you uh, in, you know, these incredible, super big terms. You're not, you know, some hero of like an art of an RPG or some anime or something like that. Yeah. Right. I mean, I you're think you're not John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, no one's a special snowflake. Like, I think people. Well, I think it's like everyone is, and so being special has no value, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's really more like that, right? Yeah. Like, is it? It's sort of like being unique doesn't do anything for mm-hmm. you because everybody is unique. Um, so, so, so related. Like, um, there was also there was a thread on Reddit a while ago. I think I talked to you about this before, where um, they were like, "What's the hardest truth that you can oh, that, that you one, can say?" Right. And one of them that I still find really interesting is that you're not the main character of your own story. Oh, that's a that's a pretty old uh, metaphor, but I think that there's a lot to it, right? Yeah. Because I mean, when you think about like games and stuff like that, 
you know, NPCs just like stand there and say a few things and they're right. always there for you to access, right? Uh-huh. And you know, like some of them do functions, right? Right. And they never they're never like, Why the fuck are you bothering me? Or, you know, yeah, I'm asleep, exactly. don't bother me. <laughs> right? Like some games do and it's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And but like in general, right, it's just but those work as subversions of like the normal way that exactly. things, things happen. Mm-hmm. And it just it doesn't work like that, right? Like right. in reality, right? Like if you have people who are doing stuff for you, if you ask them to do this thing too often, they're like, "Well, I have a life too. Yeah, can't exactly. just do this thing for you all the time." Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you you can't just like leave people alone and then you know expect them to just like jump in your court right. like two years later after you haven't yeah, talked to them. Exactly, that's not a thing that you can do. I mean, you can, but there's no guarantees. Yeah, I mean, some it takes a very particular type of person on both ends. I, I think, and I think the uh, the the point of this first cluster is basically no guarantees. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So going on to the second cluster is work related. Mm-hmm. Um, work sometimes sucks. Sometimes when you have a job, even if it's your dream job, there are things about it that you aren't going to like. It actually wouldn't make very much sense to have a job that you liked all the time. That's, I don't think that exists. I think it's incredibly unrealistic to have anything that you like all the time. Right. Yeah. There are always moments of monotony and, you know, like, disinterest. And certainly there's at least some sort of sliding scale that exists there. Yeah. Not all the same. Right. But at the same time, if you're going to work for money, expect some of it to be boring. Expect some of it to be hard. Right. And just because things are hard, you shouldn't run from them. There are definitely people that I know who who tend to fall into the category sometimes of they'll be have been doing something that was like you know not that hard for them for a while. And I think I think a lot of them I see people at least feel this initial shock when they're freshmen. Yes. Um. That you know this isn't this you do something for a while it's not that bad and then all of a sudden you do end up with something that's challenging. You're like oh my god I need to quit. Right. Because this that, is too hard. That's how MIT yeah. is in the beginning for a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, like, it, that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you sort of enter into this situation where, you know, everything had always been really easy. Right. And, you know, schoolwork was kind of maybe how you made your identity for right. a lot of people. Exactly. Yeah. And you come here and then you start getting destroyed uh-huh. by your classes, or at least you start having to put in significant amounts of time. And it's just kind of like, what the hell happened? Right. You know, I was just kind of doing nothing, and now, like, I have to do all this work. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and this is, uh, okay, if you had to ask me, what's the the actual value that an MIT degree is going to give you compared to other places or something like that? Mm -hmm. I think the thing is that you sort of uh, get put in a lot of situations where you have no no, no, uh, choice but to put your nose to the grindstone and just work Mm -hmm. really hard for a long time. Yeah. Right? And some of these things aren't even, like, particularly hard, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's just that they require a lot of work to, like, make happen. It requires active effort. Right. Yeah. Like, continuous sustained active effort yeah and there are a lot of things like actual life is like that right Mm -hmm. and it's like a weird transition from being a kid i think right um or being a teenager for that matter and and being like a real adult Mm -hmm. where like there's lots of things you need to worry about you're constantly doing work and it's not always like you know like nose to the millstone really hard work right but there's constantly something that you're worried about bills to get paid you Mm -hmm. know like groceries to be bought you know, kids to feed or something right. like that, right? And well, there, everything requires upkeep. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's something that you get you get to start with, uh, I think, in college. Yeah. Um, at least, like, here, 
you know, I kind of felt like I got to start with that. Well, I think most people who move out of the house live without their parents. Well, even some people maybe live at home if your parents are like that. Um, yeah. But generally, it's just more of a I am not being I am now responsible for my own well-being just in the general sense. And we've talked about that before, how yeah. uh, people in our age group sometimes fail at this right. and develop really terrible life habits, uh-huh. um, which I am and, and surely not Stan either. I'm not immune to, right? Oh, of course not. It's a, it's a thing that you, and you spend surprisingly large amounts of your life over time sort of making those decisions up. Mm-hmm. Um, there are surprisingly, it's surprising how these like little harmless habits grow and multiply and then like you can't get rid of them. I mean, even I'm dealing with that now and I'm not much older than 20 myself. So <laughs> it's, uh, there's a sense of always having to keep moving. Yeah, I think is is this idea. I I mean, it's a phrase here is number three. You must keep learning if you want to be successful. But I mean, like even taking like the really vague metric of success out of it, mm-hmm. I think there's a sense that you're always learning. Look, it doesn't end when you get out of school. Sorry. Uh, well, I, you, you I, can you never know. just be complacent with how you are. Well, people if you can wanna, try. You can try. Yeah, but I think that. If you want to keep on moving forward, I mean, there's always new knowledge being created. There's always something new that's cutting edge, and you've got to follow that. You, know, you can't just sit around and be like, this is the way this worked all the time, and this is the way I'm going to do it forever. That's never, that's never a thing. You can't, you can't raise children or do anything like that in life at all. Yeah, the raising yeah. children thing is especially important, by right. the way. Just mm-hmm. telling you. It's just really important, that sense of like always having to keep moving, because a lot of people forget that. I mean, mm-hmm. even people our age forget it. Yeah, people just want to do things the same way that they always did, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you just—I mean—in a lot of the time, it's thought of as you know selling out or whatever. And yeah, sometimes you do have to hold your nose and just like deal with it, right? Right. Yeah. And sometimes you learn new things from it. Yeah. So I think the last one in this section here, uh, I think we talked a little bit about you know jobs are hard and things like that. Money is hard to earn. That's yeah. pretty, you know. But the last one, hard work isn't always recognized. Yes. Yeah, uh, you can work really hard at your job, produce a lot of, like, you know, very interesting stuff or, like, you know, be very, very good mm-hmm. and get fired. It happens to people. Well, this also I think this also depends on what you define as hard work because somebody this can work for hours and hours and hours but get fired because they weren't doing anything useful. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, but this is, this is part of the thing, too, right. right? That hard work also is not necessarily success right they're not the same thing yeah right because uh some people think this is uh both an internal and external thing usually Mm -hmm. externally people like to see results right not just that you're working very hard and maybe you yourself you know prize results or maybe you just think you know like i learned a lot and i did a lot of work you know and Mm -hmm. i like that but uh that's not gonna save you from getting fired right uh it's not gonna magically make you get a lot of money or anything like that right um especially in certain you know jobs that are like very luck based yeah right? exactly things like entertainment yeah um yeah and also just like work alone does not guarantee you success you have to you 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 have to take that work and present it in such a way that does let other people know that this was a thing and sometimes that especially in science like um, you can put a lot of hard work into something that you will never present ever because yeah. it was bad it right? happens in the yeah. humanities too where somebody uh-huh. who put a lot of hard work into writing a book or some paper right uh-huh. they do a lot of research and reference a lot of stuff and they write the paper and people are like yeah this paper sucks mm-hmm. and i mean i've okay so one of the things that is very easy to do when you are a student of anything 
is uh, what you do first is, of course, you read a lot. You, you, it, you take in a lot of information. Right. And it can become very easy to sort of, like, get a skewed idea of how easy it is to, like, create this information in the first place. Oh, yeah. Right? To write papers or books or, you know, like uh, a textbook or something, right? It's actually mm-hmm. very hard. Right. Right? There's a lot that goes into it. And that, that said, just because you appreciate the amount of work someone did to create something, that doesn't make it good. It oh, doesn't yeah, mean – it doesn't – Respecting the work does not equal saying it, it took a hard, lot of hard work to make this, so therefore it's good. If something is bad, even though somebody put a lot of work into it, it's mm-hmm. still bad. Also, um, when you're the person doing the work, if you realize while you've done all the work that it's bad, you should stop. You should not. And that's really hard to get people to understand that you um, – it's like a sunk cost type thing, right? I've already sunk this much time into it, so I may as well finish it. But if you already know it's bad, it's not going to work. Why right? are you doing this? And, and another thing is, like, to not be afraid of going back and saying, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything that mm-hmm. I did was, like, pretty dumb, and, you know, maybe it was a mistake. Again, going to, to academia, because we're kind of both in that environment, and you're going to see a lot of just references to that. Mm-hmm. That is the only time that I'm going to make a kind of, like, a disclaimer about that. But there's this philosopher, Wittgenstein, Ludwig Wittgenstein, who wrote... A uh, book called Tractatus Logico Philosophicus, which is basically him trying to like create this uh, perfect language that was entirely logical, mm-hmm. entirely deductive in nature, um, so that like it w- it could express anything, right? Yeah. And so he wrote the book and then he finished it, and then basically immediately after he finished it, he realized this is a crock of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't actually <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't work. <laughs> right. Like I can't actually do this. Mm-hmm. And see the thing was that Wittgenstein. That book was extremely, extremely influential. Continues to be. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people were like, wow, this is amazing. You know, we should try to make this language. This is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Wittgenstein was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is wrong. Yeah. And he wrote a whole, he wrote a whole other book called Philosophical Investigations uh, focused on uh, sort of taking down this idea that you could do this. Okay. Right? And both continue to be extremely important to mm-hmm. philosophy, anything, right? Philosophy of language, if you will. Um which I think envelops a lot of philosophy necessarily because right, it's right. Yeah, uh, linguistically it mediated. So, and he's really well known, and people actually respect him for like turning around and saying, "Hey, what I did before was wrong. It it didn't work." Yeah. yeah. Um. And so you could you can actually garner respect by turning around and saying like, "Yeah, I was wrong," unless you're a politician. But <laughs> you knew what you were getting into with that. Yeah, this is very true. Nobody likes a waffle, apparently, even though. But that, that that's neither here nor there. Let's yeah. uh, let's move on to the next cluster, which is a thing by itself. Yes, that I brought up a little bit before. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But stand decisions yeah. that take a few seconds to make have long term ramifications. Although I feel like this is a weird a thing that's a little weird to put in here because how are you supposed to know what those are? This is true. Yeah. Yeah, and that well, I mean, that's another thing. I think like the whole all sorted out thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think you have to have a sense of understanding towards yourself and other people past you. Mm-hmm. Which is, in a sense, a different person than current you. Self is like a really complicated concept, right? But like, yeah, yeah. Basically, you have to have a sense of charity towards people. Uh-huh. You have to really think like, how would they know that you know this would have done that, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you have to realize that sometimes this happens, right? Yeah. Right. Like, even if it's in retrospect, if you realize this kind of thing, it helps to work out, right? Right. Because like a lot of people will say like, you know, I made this one choice, right? And, you know, it's not that important, right? Right. How could it affect me this much? Mm-hmm. And, no, it, it's actually really important. And if you don't realize, like, I mean, so here's an example. And we're a little too young, I think, for this to be extremely relevant. Also not the right generation. But I think but you could. Smoking. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to what what were you going to say? I was going to say um based on what you just said, I think you can retroactively apply the butterfly effect to a lot of things that don't you yeah. can argue matter, but maybe they don't. And there are actually very few things that are a direct consequence of one thing or another, especially mm. especially in life decisions. I mean, there are there are definitely like times when you're like, you know, you have to decide between taking like job A, job mm-hmm. B, and kind of like and there will be a set of doors that job A will open that you're going to close if yes. you if if you um, on the other side if you go with that one. And maybe maybe this is like two different companies that did something that one of them went big and one of them didn't. And yeah. like you could say that, oh, if I had if I had thought about it more and maybe taken the other job, then you, then I would have been like rich right now, but you didn't take the other job, hopefully for valid reasons. I think maybe what this is trying to say is that you should, um, even though it only takes a few seconds to say yes, you should take a look at like whether you're saying yes because of a real reason or not. Um, because honestly, in the end, if something did come out of it that uh, was like, oh, maybe I should have done that, like whatever, that that doesn't matter. Like yeah. because because you even knowing, I was telling you this earlier too that even knowing what you do in the future. If you went back and told current you that <laughs> you, pr- at least I, I would have thought that like five years from now, me was like full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. There, there are situations when this way. Now, there are situations you probably would have listened, right? Yeah. To there be are, fair. Some, some things are like giant red flags that you really should have saw. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or things that you did see and you're just kind of like, but it'll be different this time. Yeah. It'll work out for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, and I'm okay with respect to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was something that I really wish that had been on the list here because this is an important life lesson. Mm-hmm. When you take risks, it's okay to do this and even lose as long as you knew what you were doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, because, okay. So there's like a big thing with like college degrees and stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a double humanities major. So this is especially important for me because uh-huh. people will make fun of you for being, you know, a humanities major. Cause it's like, Oh, where are you going to get the money? Blah, 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 blah. When you graduate, you know, you're going to tell me that, ask mm-hmm. me whether I like, I want fries with that or whatever. I mean, okay, yeah. I don't get those jokes because MIT, but like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's a thing that, you know, is very near to me, right. right? I think that, okay, with one with a humanities degree, it's true enough that you can't rely on your classes to give you skills to like do the whatever, mm-hmm. right? But if you like get good at writing, and learn some of the stuff that's going on in your classes and get really invested in them rather than just sailing along in them to get the degree. Right, right. Right? Combined with with learning some sort of skill, even if it means you have to force yourself to learn the skill, mm-hmm. holy crap, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. then you can probably do whatever you want. Right. Right? It, ju- it just takes some effort from you. Um, and college does not necessarily push you towards a job. But anyway, you take that risk when you decide to do that kind of major, like do the whatever, mm-hmm. right? And as long as you're like relatively well informed and you say to yourself, okay, I'm, you know, I've girded my loins for this, right? Right, right. And if you get fucked over, it hurts less. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to say that it hurts zero, yeah. but it hurts less. Right. And I think yeah. that that's the important part. And also, you maybe have a plan B and you can get started on sort of like, you know, Instead of uh, spending a whole bunch of time sitting around moping and yeah, I, I mean, can't believe that this could happen to me. I yeah. am a huge proponent of having plan Bs. Yes. Sometimes even plan C. Cs. Yeah. yeah um, you might not want to get too far down the alphabet because um, then you're just being paranoid. paranoid. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you should always you should always like look at 
at least for me, whenever I have to make a decision, like you always just kind of size, size the situation for yourself. Take a look at like, you know, if I, if I did this, like this is kind of like the thing I can immediately see happening. Now these things are all projections yeah. um, in the end. So you do have to, and I, I have a problem with this. You myself, could also get advice it. from other yeah, people. You, you That's something it. we haven't mentioned. That's yeah. like an important thing. Getting mm-hmm. advice from other people. You should, right. you should do that. Yeah. Um, so because it because it'll prevent you from doing what I do a lot, which is well, at least I think this happens to me regardless. But um, it'll prevent you from overthinking it for yourself because you're just making a bunch of like projective predictions, right. kind of thing. And so um, having advice on it will really um, tether tether what you think is uh, realistic. Yes, and it's important who you get advice from. Um, yes. Because it's like a wise a wise man seeks wise counsel, kind yeah. of thing. Like you yeah. can't. You, you you should ask your friends like kind of like what their gut feeling is and you know if you're really close friends you can probably take some stock off of that but you yeah. really gotta ask somebody who you know knows what they're talking about either has been through that situation before or is very educated about the choices you're about to make um, because if you don't then then you're just flying blind and you may as well have just made the decision yourself yep and if any and if anything it could even confuse you more and that just doesn't make anything fun for anybody. Yeah, but I, I yeah. think that ultimately we have some bones to pick with, like, this this thing stated as it is, right? Like, yeah. like decisions that take a... Because, like, sometimes it's a series of decisions, right? Like, right. even with, like, I don't know, smoking or just, like, drug stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it is very rare that you will, like, take something once and then be addicted forever. Right. There's a few things that can do that. I think, like, the really hard stuff. Like really, really hard Super stuff. hard opiates, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, like... Most things you gotta do it a couple of times, right? And that's usually a product of peer pressure, right? Or you have like, to have consistent access to it. Yet mm-hmm. every everything has to be in the right environment for some of those things. I, I know this is a this is an oversimplification, obviously, yes. of what goes on. So I honestly don't mean to offend people who have been through this um, because it is a very serious issue. And and also happens. like yeah, uh, yeah. phrasing it this way. Uh-huh. Uh, have you ever had? Have you ever made a decision and it sort of snowballed, and you basically felt like at the time, especially, you had no choice but to like keep making dumb decisions? Yeah, that happens sometimes. Oh yeah, it does uh, happen. And so just saying that it's a series of decisions really doesn't do much mm-hmm. because the issue is sort of that sometimes one decision will just push you into more decisions. So eh, it's complicated. It's more complicated than this point of advice makes it but yeah. i hope that we said interesting things in the interim um mm-hmm. <laughs> so the last and most important cluster actually uh, mm-hmm. at least like here at a place like mit uh-huh. social ki- skills are important people matter yeah yes actually mm-hmm. you cannot get by on you know by the dint of your incredible genius Oh, no, of course not. You need help from other people. I mean, there are people who seem to believe that they can do so. Well, there are very few people who can. You do see those people, especially at a place like MIT. Here's another uh, an additional point. Count this as number 17. Uh-huh. It's not you. What I mean here is uh, there are stars out there. They're not you. Most of I the mean, time. I mean, yeah. you're, no, you're in your 20s. It's not you. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking, right, right, like this is mostly advice for younger people, people around our age. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not you. I mean, there's a few people, there's like Terrence Tao, and you can feel free not to listen to me if you're Terrence Tao, but otherwise, <laughs> it's not you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it won't be you for a while, even if you are that good. Right. You won't know. People won't recognize you for a while. Yeah, until you get there. So it's not you. Um, right. Like, it'll be different for me, not you. It'll be the same for you as for everyone else. That's how you should think about it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
if you get lucky, I mean, take your chances, right? Like, if uh, mm-hmm. you see, like, an opportunity, fucking take it. Right, right? But, yeah. But, like, don't go into things thinking that, like, I'm going to be the lucky one and I'm going to plan just for that because that's how you get screwed. Yeah, no, like, people who are super, super awesome, like, some of the, some of them are do have, like, you know, latent talent and, you know, but a lot of people don't have that, as we've just said. Um, but... In most other cases, you know, you got to put up the hours. You got to make sure you're putting yourself in the situations Even to get if all you those do opportunities. Have that incredible talent. There are you, people who have that talent and mm-hmm. go nowhere. Right. So, I mean, there are lots of stories. I don't know if you read. Uh, so, this is sort of a pop science book, and there are things to argue about with it. But there's uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Oh, so kind of yeah, an older yeah, book. yeah, yeah. Right, and there's a story is, yeah. of like this uh-huh. really smart guy right. who like has this theory of everything that he came up with on his own, and nobody gives him the time of day. Right, and it's kind of like, yeah, what do you expect? Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. you expect that people are just going to take you know the hours out required to like read what you've written. And, you know, if it's a theory of everything and, like, allegedly has a bunch to do with physics or whatever, it's going to take thousands of hours, right, right, for people to understand what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people are going to save those hours and do something else. Yeah, do something that's more meaningful to them rather than understand what you wrote for you. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of, like, I don't know, it seems reasonable to me that, like, you don't just, like, enter into a situation, shock everyone with how awesome you are, Mm -hmm. and then proceed to rock faces. Well, you can, you can never start from zero. Well, I think. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. It's extremely hard to start from zero. Yes, yeah. and, and in many places, it's just straight up impossible. Mm-hmm. And so, there is. It's very important to uh, be able to get yourself in a position where people are willing to listen to you. Yeah, and that requires learning social skills. Mm-hmm. Moreover, uh, I don't know. I think that it's kind of crappy to just live as a hermit on your own forever. People Some people are into that. If you're, like, super, super introverted and you... I, I don't even think if that's the case, right? Like... I like... See, I I'm, I'm tend to be on the edge of being introverted and extroverted. Well, um, I mean, most people... That's called ambiversion. Like, most people are like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah but, um, but I know people who are definitely, like, way on the introvert side. Um, so, I think... I like to think that based on the way that everybody that I've interacted with talks, they do, like, want human interaction at a base level. Right. But I can understand that for some people it's just not appealing at all to them. Right. I mean, it's really more of a matter. So I think I'm like decidedly introverted, mm-hmm. more or less. And uh, it's really more of a matter of I always want to be able to sort of like retreat to safe ground. Fair right? enough. There's, yeah. there's, all, there's a. So I think that like the difference is that there's a certain point where there's too many fucking people that I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm not interested in meeting them. Mm-hmm. I don't care who they are, and they don't care about who I am. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, we're just making small talk, and it's all very meaningless. And I'm like, I would like to go back and just talk to the people that I like or be by myself. I'd rather have that than be around, like, a whole group of people that I don't know. Right. So, so here's, a, here's a question um, that I've thought of, especially now that I'm out of college and, in general, am around people less in a way, like I'm around new people less, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I actually go out of my way to hang out with um, with my friends that I like and still live here. Um, but then, like, how do you get more of those friends that you uh, you do without have to do that. without um, making that small talk, being in that large group first? And that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, uh, uh-huh. is that social skills are important. Being an introvert is not an excuse to be really bad at interacting with people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like, okay, if you're an extrovert, you got to spend some time alone. Sometimes you have to spend a long time alone. It, yeah. it happens. That's, right. that's life, right? Mm-hmm. 
vice versa is true, right? Yeah, if you're an exactly. introvert, sometimes you got to go to parties, right, and talk to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could avoid it, right? But right. then it makes your life a lot harder, mm-hmm. and you miss out on a lot of opportunities. So you have to get good at this stuff. And it is a skill that takes effort, and it's hard, and maybe you don't like to do it, but we mm-hmm. already talked about this before. Life's hard. Yeah. You got to do things you don't like to do. There's never a point where you, like, get away from having to do things you don't like to do that's yeah. just how it is um exactly. and this for for a lot of people this is one of those things learning social if, if you want to have if you want to have that social circle or to function uh, because i think the other half of the argument that um that i presented is that um maybe you don't have to go outside if you already have friends if you have friends why do you need more friends and i think there's two so- I think there's I, a lot of reasons to go outside that don't involve necessarily well, I want more friends. Well, not to by go outside, I'd be mean like, why Why would I go to this party and oh, meet I see, people I when I already have friends, right. right? And I think there's, I think you can, I think you should sort of, I kind of take that with, I take that with an entire, a very, very large grain of salt um, because I can see why if you already have like a friend group that satisfies you that you wouldn't necessarily want to go out there and meet new people. Well, but when you never know who you're actually going to meet out there. Um, I mean, to yeah. be fair, I think a thing that uh, when you phrase it that way, what I think mm-hmm. about is, well, how our age comes into this. Yeah. Uh, and, okay, so 20s is a, is a long decade, right? And we're, uh, we're near... The Eight end. years left of my 20s. Yes. I feel like I hang around people that are like 30 all the time, and it feels really odd that I can say that. <laughs> it just does. But, I mean, yeah. the thing is that, like, as you get older and as you, like, work out of your, tw- work out of your 20s, like, mm-hmm. uh, parties stop happening. Maybe. Yeah, that, that doesn't really happen anymore when you get older. Uh, people people have people have kids. Yeah. Uh, people get hung over worse. Yeah, so yeah, they stop, the they stop drinking. Older. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They stop drinking as much. They right. don't get nuts at night. Um, and so I think that the, the, the thing that you mentioned there that sort of like a lot of people will mention, but it just sort of goes unnoticed is the specific fact that like a lot of people our age do their socializing with large groups at parties. Mm-hmm. I don't like parties. Right. I mean, it's not that I don't like being around lots of people and talking to people. I don't like parties. Right. And so I'm not going to go to a party mm-hmm. to make friends or anything. A, because, like, I don't understand how people make friends at parties. Because, like, you go to a party and, like, all you're doing is drinking and playing games and stuff. And it's like you're never really talking about anything terribly crazy. Unless yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, Unless you count a party as a group of people less than ten, yeah, um, which which you which I have made meaningful interactions out of before, right? Absolutely, yeah. But like your stereotypical um, college party, like nah, yeah. Yeah. I will hang out with people that I came there with. Maybe that makes me antisocial in the view of some people, but I have never cared. I've heard this criticism before, that yeah. Kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's uh, the thing is that it's okay if you don't like parties. If you're like, yeah, I didn't, you know, parties aren't my thing, but I will, there's a couple of things. One, if you're still in college, right, mm-hmm. uh, there's other things you can do besides parties. Oh, of course. There are, like, you know, groups and things like that. And if you're lonely, you just go join a group. And, I mean... Even if you're out of college, that's a thing. Okay, like when I say just go join a group, it's still difficult. You yeah. You break into the group. People don't know Very you. Very true. Yeah. Right? But I think my mom actually um he she will constantly, will constantly tell this when me this when i was like i'm uh, feeling afraid of like oh what do i do when i graduate she was like you know what you like to do um because you have hobbies you have a sense of like what you like to do outside of like your work you know 
go do that with someone else that's not you and you will make friends because you both like doing what you're doing right yeah and that's the thing is that there's a lot of people who are in the same situation who are like yeah i'm fucking lonely right (laughs) you know and i don't you know i like this doing this and that but like you know i don't know anyone else who does and it's kind of hard to break out you know but there are lots of different arenas and i mean i can't there's a lot. I'm not going to say. The internet has made it a lot here. easier. You can look it up for yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, you can start from internet communities and branch out from there. Right. Um, that's a weird thing to say. Start with internet and then branch out. Well, but from, yeah, it's like but, you, the internet will tell you kind of where to be or where these people hang out. And then you, like, the internet can tell you the, like, oh, you know, if you like do if you like playing this game, go to this game shop. And right. then you go to this game shop and you, like, see a flyer for a tournament and you go to that or something and you meet people. Right. And this, yeah. uh, this requires doing things, again, that take effort. Right. This is, like, rule number zero. <laughs> You got to do things you don't like to do. You're there are going to be things, things you like that you do. agree to, and then when it's time to go do it, you're like, oh, I really, oh, I don't want to. I don't oh, feel like doing this. I don't feel yeah, like then, doing this. Yeah. And we're human. I understand if you bail out on a few things at the last minute. Right. But frankly, you got to keep your word with this stuff. Because if the yeah. first, because like, you know, say you, you like join this group and the group is doing a certain thing, you say, sure, I'll go to that thing. And then you don't go. And that's the first major thing that the group knows about you. Yeah. That you didn't go to the first event that you signed <laughs> yeah, up for. Exactly. They ain't going to like you. Mm-hmm. Right. They're already going to be thinking like, you know, mm-hmm. decently bad things about you. Right. Um, okay. Not bad things, but they certainly won't be holding you in like super big esteem. You're not going to be the first one up for like, you know, the, the recognition of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So another thing that we didn't, aside from, uh, you know, making friends, which we could talk about all day. Really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also the issue of keeping friends, something that people don't talk about very often. No one talks about this because at least in TV, especially, TV will lead you to believe that, oh, yeah, if you meet people here, you know, you'll all just kind of like end up hanging out with each other all the time. How sad and is it that like TV is like, like the metric that some of us use to gauge this stuff? But what else would you use? actually having been in those you know relationships before. but some well some people haven't right i guess that's true yeah and i suppose that's a little judgmental of me but it's still it's still you know it bothers me but i think you know? that even so but i think that you end up in some of these situations without realizing that you are um mm. in, in the sense of like when you're in especially when you're in like um pre-college in high school and stuff you literally will see the same people every single day Mm-hmm. Okay, come to college, and there will be some people, especially, like, people... Depends who, on which college you yeah, go to. depending on the college you go to, and depending on, like, you know, how big your major is, how your class are structured, blah, 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 um, or how your living group is, if you're, like, living with a bunch of, like, uh, if you're living with an on-campus living group or something like that. In general, you will see some subset of people, like, fairly often, just because they are doing very similar things to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you get out, then all these friends that you had before you now have to find some other um way to keep in touch with them if you want to still see them and be friends i mean you could just swap out your friend group every single time you move to a new place i guess and i think that's what sometimes that needs to happen yeah sometimes it does need to happen i think that used to happen more when we didn't have the internet yeah um but a lot of the times like the the cool thing about living now in uh, nowadays is that you can there's a lot of power to be able to keep up with somebody that you made a real connection with and that you enjoyed like spending time with there's no reason to not still spend time with them yeah mm-hmm. and so you all like 
you you have to explicitly like reach out to somebody like uh i feel like part of the reason that we do this podcast is so i can hang out with evan and everett (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's um but even the relationships that maybe you're not always so gung-ho about Mm -hmm. right sometimes you have to make difficult decisions because relationships require maintenance like anything else right um and this means that sometimes you got to call them to talk to them right if they're like far away yeah. Right? Even if you're just like, uh, I kind of don't really want to. Blah, blah. And I mean, I'm not saying that you never should let a relationship fade away. And I think that when you do not feel like talking to them, if you feel like they're repeatedly, you should ex- you should explore why. Right. Yeah. But like, do not be surprised if you call someone you haven't talked to in a year and they're like, I don't fucking really remember. I don't you. know. I, yeah. I, I don't know you anymore. Well, yeah. And, and it's really awkward. You know, maybe they try to be friends with you, but they don't really care. Yeah. And you just stop talking. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, um, I, I saw a Reddit post the other day. Um, we, I, I talk about things I saw on the internet, but I've also actually experienced this. So I'll tell both sides of the story. Um, Reddit, there was a Reddit post I saw the other day that a guy did exactly that. Like he went away from university or something, and then he comes back and he was talking up to talking to one of his friends that he um, hadn't seen in a hadn't seen in a while, hadn't really talked to the entire time he was away, and then he asked them if he wanted to hang out, and they said no. Mm. And well, the question was actually from that person, and they were trying to figure out how to say no because they just didn't have any interest in seeing them again um, mm. after after they had been gone for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, now, part of me wonders like how strong that connection was in the first place. Right. I think that if you happens have, too. yeah, if you have a really strong connection with somebody, um, like one of my friends who I hadn't talked to. I, I talked to her like a couple times, like over over the course of undergrad, but I, but I never saw her um, mm-hmm. when I went home, like for my entire undergrad. Mm-hmm. But then we had a get together, um, like when I was back home last uh, over Christmas break, mm-hmm. and um, and then I, she didn't go to the get together. But then I ended up just talking to her um, because I was like, oh yeah, I thought of you because of that. And then I hung out with her, and it was a great time, mm-hmm. right? And because we were we were pretty good friends like beforehand, it was just like. Ooh, I still like talking to you. This is great. Yeah. I'm like very glad I did that. And you, sh- I highly encourage people to do things like that. Yes. Yeah. Another thing, nobody likes an asshole. <laughs> I, I put it this way because, um, there are some people who are extremely combative and you can get away with this in mm-hmm. the sense that there are certain ways of insulating yourself from the consequences of being an asshole. Mm-hmm. But people will still hate you and think that you're an asshole. And uh, sometimes it's good to let things go on both sides of things. Yeah, if yeah. someone is an asshole, just don't talk to them anymore. Right, Get yourself right. out of that position. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not possible. That's a little more that's difficult. That's unfortunate, yeah. Uh, and I can't speak to any personal experience of that. I don't know, Stan. We're, we're, this is... Uh, Sorry, guys. Six fifth has failed you. <laughs> we don't really have. No, I mean, I've I've had, especially my senior year, for whatever reason. I think I just became more of like a more of a person that was willing to throw the book at people. Oh, <laughs> um, yes, I understand sure. this. Yeah, and um, so I, there were a couple fights that I got into, um, like fights of um, principle, not of like fist physical. Fight. Yeah, Stan would win those. Believe me, I would win. If, well, mm, I, I hesitate to say that on the internet <laughs> i would win a fist oh fight. internet tough guy i mean this isn't internet tough guy though this is for real tough guy <laughs> believe me if i if you're talking about who i think you are yeah anyway, anyway go on yeah I, I i go i go home my own um but yeah yeah i gotta do i gotta do a couple of disagreements um with people and 
So I feel like you really have to look at um, why is this such a problem? In my in my case, in my cases, um, to an extent, I feel like in the end I did let it go because I was putting too much like investment into like feeling angry about it. Right. And I just didn't want to put that effort into it anymore. Right. And because I could, I, I'm thinking of one group in particular that I was um, involved with. And because I didn't have to be involved with that group anymore, I left it <laughs> um, because it was a um, convenient time for me to leave because it was a transition time. And so I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore because this is, it doesn't become fun. Right. Yeah. And and when you hold grudges for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so there's a difference between having a problem with something or someone right. and wanting to do something about it and holding a grudge. Right. They are two very different oh, things. Oh, yes. Very different things. Um, you can have your disagreements with somebody, mm-hmm. wish that they agreed with you or that they were, you know, different mm-hmm. or that, you know, things were different without holding a grudge and seething about it at every moment in time yes yes sometimes this means that you get mad at them or oh yeah circumstances or whatever Mm -hmm. right but you don't want to be in the position where you feel like that 24 7 right like every let me make a reference now to seinfeld where uh jerry seinfeld the main character had uh sort of like a joking ish Mm. kind of uh ex arch rivalry with this other guy named newman and every oh, time yeah, he would yeah. appear, he would say, Newman, Ugh! right? And it was funny because it was, like, kind of pathetic, right? Right. Like, you know, you had, like, this situation of having an arch enemy or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. this is just some dude in some, like, apartment complex yeah. who didn't like this other dude in some apartment complex, and they kind of just mutually didn't like each other, and they would right. do petty, stupid things, mm-hmm. right, to one another. And it didn't make any sense. Right. There was no reason for either of them to be so angry about the whole thing. Mm. And that's what it's like. For most of the time in real life, when you have a grudge and you declare somebody your arch enemy, it's not thunderbolt in the background, yeah. you know, like eye catch verses, right? Like right, it's right. Newman, grr, right? Right, and other people see it and they're like roll their eyes and they're like, seriously, this is stupid, right? That that's how people will think, right? And it will just take up a lot of your time and a lot of your energy for no reason. It's, you probably it's, it's a giant waste of effort. Yeah, and you probably won't change them either. Yeah, so. I mean, there there are definitely some there are definitely um, some um, people I can think of that I will think of, and I'm just like, oh, really didn't like that. That's how that turned out. Yeah, really don't like, um, really didn't like, really didn't like what they did. But you know, that's that, and I move on. Um, right, and, and you can even like you know prevent that from happening in the future, whatever it was, or yeah. you know when you run into people like that, avoid them. Right. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. I mean, I can still have civil interactions with most of these people, but am I if they like send an email to a bunch of people that I that are our mutual friends and be like, oh yeah, you know, let's all go hang out, and they're the one organizing it, so they want to go. You know, I probably won't go. <laughs> yeah. That said, sometimes you know you dislike someone because you're like, you know, they think they're all that, but they're really a dick. Yeah. But there are worse situations when somebody is all that. And they just are. Yeah. And they're, they're just much better that. than you. Yeah. And uh, so people hear this a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to now contest the way that this is written here, uh, is that there's always someone, in quote marks, better than you. Mm-hmm. I think that you shouldn't have the quote marks there. I think that there are, there are, no matter who you are, people that you just, you know, you think about and unambiguously in every single possible way, they're better than you. They're just better than you. Yeah. Right? Like... Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not anything that you can do, right? 
Um, well, I know that some people don't really subscribe to the view of you can't actually be a better or worse person than someone else. Mm-hmm. There's that view of things. I think that's why mostly that they've put it in air quotes. I think that there, yeah. there's slightly different uh, terms of better that we're thinking mm-hmm. about here. Yeah. Because uh, when you personally think about someone who's better than you, right, you're thinking on terms of like some sort of scale that you've in, in, internally accepted or set of scales, right? Like they're mm-hmm. a nicer person or they have more money or they're more attractive or right. you know, they got more bitches than me or something like that. Right, right. I don't recommend that last one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you... And so uh, I think that sense is much different uh, from the sort of sense that, like, people will talk about, like, you know, when they disparage this, right? When they say, like, you know, like, well, better is a relative thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no objective better than you. And it's like, that's not much comfort because every scale that I use to measure myself is relative. So Uh it doesn't – you want me to stop measuring myself on relative scales? That's never going to happen. Right, right. right. So you you have to accept that unambiguously there are going to be people – who, no matter what standards you have for yourself, mm-hmm. right, no matter, you know, what kind of things you measure yourself on, they're going to be better at stuff than you are. Mm-hmm. They might even be better at all of the stuff that you value mm-hmm. than you are, right? Right. And there's a number of ways to respond to this. You could uh, retool, you know, your the way that you value yourself. I don't recommend that. I don't know. Me, personally, I feel like that's uh, kind of running away from the issue a little bit. It does, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can strive to be better get better mm-hmm. right and sometimes that's not possible sometimes it isn't you're right right if you're if you're somebody for example who you know is really in sports and you know you really like to play basketball or something right Shaquille O'Neal is a better basketball player than you and there's probably nothing that you can do about it unless you are seven foot three inches tall if you're like six five and you're feeling bad about Shaquille O'Neal being a better basketball player than you there's probably not much you can do mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's got almost a foot on you right. and that's very important in basketball mm-hmm. right to be fair, the the you know the shortest successful basketball player was five three, my height. <laughs> so yeah, I know it's amazing. He was also I think a center. So wait, that's when was this? This is was that a while possible? ago. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, was just, I mean, that was what I thought too. Well, but that's that's just much when people were shorter. <laughs> but not that much shorter, right? Yeah. Because the average person was shorter, but the tallest people were still oh, but pretty close. Wasn't um like Wilt Chamberlain was around? I think during the time that the guy was around, his name was Muggsy something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what is it? The playing center, you didn't playing center now is like being like super tall, like huge guy. But that didn't used to be a thing. Yeah, that didn't used to be. A case. Yeah, that's why yeah. you would have someone short who it was, was the center. But that doesn't but, mean. But five three is beyond the pale for. Basketball. I was gonna say, yeah, that is actually completely ridiculous. How Isn't short. He, yeah, the average height's, like, above six feet right? for all the players, yeah. And this doesn't mean that he was, like, the most amazing player ever, uh-huh. but he was a good fucking player, right? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. he's well-known, you know. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame or anything like that, but, like, people knew who he was, right? you know. Um, and you can do that, right? right like, right. just because you're not the smartest person or the most attractive person or, you know, uh, those are the two things that immediately come to mind. That's how you know that I'm in college still. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, hey I, got, I got an example here. Um, so I consistently work with people um, that have PhDs. Mm. Okay. Many times when you can obviously tell this ah, yes. side of the room doesn't have PhDs, this side of the room does have PhDs. Yeah. all the people on the PhD yeah. side of the room are talking. Yeah. Um, and I feel like... I, I, I got reminded of a quote the other day that's like if you're this if you're the smartest person in the room then you're in the wrong room mm-hmm. type of thing and 
I think that's mostly what drives me to like you know keep on getting better when I realize that people and put yourself better in better environments. This yeah. is an important thing. Yeah, too. Put, put yourself in the environment so you can improve. I mean, it's not will, a bad thing to yeah. to be kind of dumb in the place that you are. Right. Right. Because you can get better now. Yeah. Right. I mean, and there will be times when you ask a stupid question or you say something that was incredibly obvious and people will laugh and it was and you'll feel kind of dumb. Like, yeah. But honestly, that's going to happen even if you were on the Ph.D. side of the room and you said something kind of off. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there are people with Ph.D.s who will do this. Right. So let me also uh, say that uh, related to the earlier point about holding grudges, the what I think is very – it's very hard to argue to me that this is not the case. What I think is the wrong way to handle this is to tell yourself, well, all those measures of whatever are bullshit. So going with the PhD example here, mm-hmm. right? The wrong way to handle this would be like, well, the PhD is just a piece of paper. It uh, doesn't mean no. anything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so like a PhD is just you know, it's not worth anything. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> you so are wrong. wrong. Yeah. Getting a PhD is hard. Yeah. Okay, like, and I know I'm shilling a little bit for this, so let's let's move to another example, right? Mm-hmm. Say we're talking about, like, a companies or a business or something like that, right? And, you know, somebody is the CEO of the company, right? Mm-hmm. And they're saying these things, and, you know, they're, everybody's paying attention to them, and you're thinking, like, well, those things are really dumb, right? Like, they're right. going to, like, put the company in a hole or whatever. Okay. Th- it is possible that the CEO is wrong. It is possible that the CEO is really stupid and doesn't know anything about business, right? Right. But you know what? The CEO, all other things being equal, probably knows a lot better about how to run a business <laughs> than you do. Okay. Unless, how did he get there? Unless yeah. you are also and also he just like is in a community of people who are gonna know that stuff better, even if mm-hmm. he himself doesn't. Right. Right. For whatever reason. I, I said he. Sexism. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but anyway. They. they. He or she. Yes. Yes. Uh, I prefer they, but we can have this argument. I, I prefer they also. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, all right, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even if, right, like, they themselves are pretty stupid for mm-hmm. whatever reason or, like, incompetent, they're going to be around people who are going to give them advice, and chances are some of those people know what they're doing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just likely that they know more than you do. So there's right. a sense of humility that you have to have about this when you think about people being better than you. This is why I don't like it when people put it in quotes and refer to it derisively because I think that they're – look, credentials and, like, measurements and, like, you know, uh, scales and stuff like that, there's got to be some sort of, you know, like, value to them. Right, right. I can agree that you can, like, criticize a scale and really question, like, what it measures and what it's worth. Yes. Like, especially in terms of broad measures, these things are useful. Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, IQ and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, yeah, IQ, like, has some problems, especially, like, at the – ends of the statistical like you know gaussian or you know whatever Mm -hmm. uh but like the bell curve i was trying to think of that and i said gaussian instead whoops (laughs) too much mit (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah but that said like there's going to be a difference between someone of iq 120 and iq 80 it's probably going to be pretty noticeable Mm -hmm. right and yeah that's just how it is right right and i think i don't know i feel like the more you just learn to deal with it right in some way yeah i mean you know the better it's it's the thing that it's the thing that i had to get used to when i got into college that i wasn't going to be the best person around it's also something i continually get used to like every time um because we um 
I, I started off being a team of one, just working directly with my boss, but then we added um, another person um, to our team, and he, he has more experience than I do. He's been working there um, for, like, the last, um, this is his fifth year um, work, working there, um, and he's kind of just, like, switching over um, to working in our team kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, I think he obviously looks better than me in terms of, mm-hmm. like, technical knowledge of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, sometimes I do, sometimes I do feel bad because I f- feel like I'm not contributing as much sometimes but then that just pushes me to be like okay now i really i really got to be on top of this i really got to know what i'm talking about more because they just raise the bar yeah yeah don't get too obsessed with that though because uh, then you turn into i hope senpai notices me you know kind of thing where you're just like always trying to like make an impact and like oh, internalize no, no, no. inferiority no, no, complex no, no. yeah right? i didn't it's... i didn't want i didn't want to phrase it like i know that. Yeah, i know yeah. but like uh-huh. um this wasn't personal advice oh yeah but, yeah i know yeah you know is it mm-hmm. it's really just uh it's a Rule number negative one: You're always walking tight ropes in some sense. There's <laughs> always kind of are. there's yeah. Life is like a series of fine lines that you're constantly walking on, right? Right. Um, and sometimes you never know when you've fallen over. Yeah, and I think related point to that is that like you're going, to, you can do the exact same thing, and for one person could interpret you as being on one side of the line, the other person could interpret you as being on the other side of the line. Right. And it takes a long time to really uh i i'm i'm definitively not super super awesome at this um i try Mm -hmm. every day to get better um but you just gotta you gotta figure out how much you well one you can't um you can't control what other people think about you right right um so that's the thing that you have to you have to start off knowing but then also you just have to be able to tune your interactions um such that you can be on the side where you want to be um more times than not Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and i mean i don't know i think this is one of the upsides of going to mit is that you have no choice but to okay it's not that you have no choice but you're probably going to make friends with people who are amazing (laughs) <laughs> much yeah. more amazing than you and uh you have to get used to it <laughs> there's just people who make you look stupid right especially on paper right oh don't even get me started on that <laughs> and so it, you kind of uh it's a thing that you get jump started into and not everybody handles that well here by the way like do not believe that th- that is the case well why why but, would you expect someone to handle something like I that i mean super well, but if you right? if you talk yeah. if you talk like We've been talking about it, right? Like, you might get the impression that, like, you know, oh, MIT is, like, full of all these well-adjusted people. No. No. Yeah, no. Not, not true. Um, this amount of self-awareness is really weird. Like, I mean, like, you know, here we are, right, standing in front of you, like, standing, sitting, talking in front of you, mm-hmm. like, as if, you know, like, we've got this all figured out, right? But... I mean, no. <laughs> like, um, you got to take what we that say was with a grain one of salt, too. earlier that right? you would never have it but, all sorted out, yeah. You know, I, I think it's worth saying, right, that, mm-hmm. you know, I also know that I don't know everything, right? right. Like, and what are you going to do, right? Like, I don't know. That's, that's one of the things I was thinking about while we were sitting here and talking about this stuff was that, like, you know, this sort of turned into an advice column. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of weird that that happened, right? Um, because... In a sense, we're both still, you know, learning this, too. And I don't know. Maybe this is, like, me, you know, nerding out here on, like, my major. But Mm -hmm. I have to think of limitations, right, as a sort of one-way kind of communication that a podcast gives. This is the sort of thing that I'm talking about, by the way, when I talk about thinking about what you're doing and self-presence and whatever. Right, right. Oh, God, I said self-presence. Why is that bad? 
Derrida, forgive me. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, very niche joke aside, um, there's, there's a sense of uh, always thinking about what you're doing as you're going through stuff, right? And you can never expect to do this all the time, right. but it's worth having self-reflection. This is a hard thing to learn to actually do right. when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean younger in any sense. But it's something that you have to learn because, believe me, there are older people who have never learned to do this. Yeah, and, and I think that if you want to, at least the way I look at it, if you want to look at it at, at this entire episode as us, like, you know, going through the things that this list says and breaking them down and kind of discussing, like, what the merits are of each of them as we're all going through it. But I think the one thing that I would put out there as, like, a thing of, like, you know, overt advice to somebody who was younger than me or even, you know, I don't care how old you are, make an attempt at self-reflection. Like, dear right. God, do right. that. Like, yeah. actually think uh, about what you're doing. Right. Like, and sometimes this is back to point number zero. Sometimes this is hard and you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's less that you don't want to do it and it's more that you don't want to actually act on the things right. that you think. And one thing that I have learned in college is that it is apparently surprisingly easy for people to come to a conclusion, say to themselves, yeah, I have totally no justification for what I'm doing right now, and then do it anyway. Oh, yeah, that happens. And uh, trust me, the more you self-reflect, the less okay this gets. Right. And I think that's one of the things about self-reflection that's really nice, is that it forces you to confront all those things that you do that are pretty fucking terrible, Mm -hmm. and yet you do them anyway. Yeah. It's important to be honest with yourself when you're doing this self-reflection, because um, if you're not, then that just doesn't help you. Um, right. Yeah. So I think I think that's about it for now. Yeah. Uh, next week, who knows? What are we doing next week? I we'll forget. think. Of, we'll think of something. We'll think of something. Yeah. It'll be great. If you have suggestions or whatever, or you know, flames, or appreciation. Does that happen on the internet? Okay, joke, it does. jokes aside. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I almost spilled soda on the computer recording this. That was almost a disaster. That could have been bad. Yeah, yeah. that could have been terrible. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's late. So I'm going to go to bed now. I don't know about you, Stan. I'm going to eat something and then go to bed. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, this has been six fifths. Yeah, I'm Everett. I'm Stan. Come find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on our website, which you'll probably be looking at um, to get this blog post anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, sixfifths.mit.edu. Come talk to us because we'd love to hear We're from lonely you. We're lonely and we want friends. This is how we make friends, by the way. We put our ideas out there on the internet. Also, yes. maybe we'll sound... We're going to be making some changes to our equipment over the next couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully we'll sound a little better. Hopefully. Hopefully yeah. there won't be as many, you know, pops and like a bunch of pops there. not being able to being able to hear the air conditioner in the background. Oh dear, does that happen? <laughs> that happened in our last episode because the way oh. we compressed it. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure that out. Don't worry, guys. Well, well, well we we're working on it. Yeah. We got this. 